Hello and welcome to Never Seen It, a podcast where my husband Trent and I watch some movies that, well, we haven't seen. Sometimes one of us, sometimes both of us. And in this case, we're going to be talking about Minority Report. Hi, Betsy. Hi, Trent. Uh, have, some... you, have you seen Minority Report, Trent? I have not. Have you seen this movie, Betsy? I have not. Whoa! <laughs> so another film that neither of us has seen. Yes. Uh, this one from 2002. Yeah. So quite a ways on. We're approaching the 20th anniversary of this one. Yeah. How has it come to pass that we have not watched this movie? You know, I thought back in the day, I thought it looked kind of cool. It's, mm-hmm. I, I like sci-fi and futuristic stuff. Um, you know, I'm not that huge fan of Tom Cruise. Not, yeah. not that I have anything against him as an actor. We can get into other stuff later. But as an actor, I think he's fine. I've seen one Mission Impossible movie. Um, But the one movie that I love him in is Collateral, which came out in, what, 2005? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So A couple years after this. this. He has the ability to impress me uh, quite a bit. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Minority Report is one of those cultural movies that everybody kind of refers to Minority Report, especially when they're talking about new technologies. Yeah, I I don't know why I haven't seen this one really other than I just haven't seen it. I <laughs> I have nothing against the concept. I I guess I don't really know anybody who's really into this movie. Yeah. It's not one that comes up a lot. No. People aren't saying, "Oh, you know what movie you'd love." And I think it's because like you, I'm not like a huge sci-fi person. Yeah. And there were kind of a lot of them. I was thinking about this when we were talking about what movie we were going to watch. Around that time, you had a ton of those kinds of movies. Mm -hmm. These, like, semi-futuristic things. You know, you had, like, um, AI, Artificial Intelligence, that movie came out. You had I Am Legend a few years after this. I, Robot was around this time. That was the movie I was trying to think of, I, Robot. Yeah, there was a lot of these kind of... Not the vacuum. No. (laughs) There was a lot of these kind of movies, and... I don't know. It just... It's not that I have anything against it. I just never sat down to watch the thing. Yeah. So Uh, what I know about it, or at least what I think I know, this is the one where he's like a a cop or an investigator, and he's trying to, it's like you, predictive analytics, they can figure out who's going to commit a crime. Two words came out of this movie, future crime. Okay. They're trying to prevent crime that is going to happen, but they're going to catch them Right before it happens. Yeah. So there are new laws on the books and there is technology that I, I guess it's like we've turned into a surveillance state. Mm-hmm. Stop me if you've heard this one before. Uh, we've turned into a surveillance state and we have agencies and um, law enforcement out there that monitor everything that is happening. And they have predictive analytics that tells them when a crime is going to be committed. And Tom Cruise is a part of this uh, law enforcement group that investigates or they try to bust people. I don't know what his thing is, but I know he's a future cop. And then my assumption, if I'm or my memory, my recollection, it's been such a long time since this movie came up in conversation, is yeah. that he he gets busted for it? I don't know. He gets accused for it? That's what I think, just yeah. based on somewhere in my brain. What I what just this said is. What I just said is my extent of knowledge yeah, about I this movie. Weirdly don't know too much about this. Yeah. But I know they didn't they try to make this a TV show a few years ago? Uh, that's possible. Or they are talking about it. They're like, always trying to make TV, TV shows true. or movies. 
Um, but yeah, the, the 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 touchstone, the cultural touchstone that I get out of this movie is whenever you see, like, think about Iron Man mm -hmm. and Tony Stark yeah. using his hands to manipulate the, the interface, it, man, man, uh, manipulate an interface that is being either projected or like coming out of a, of a computer system. Mm -hmm. That's where this whole concept comes from. Yes. People refer to Minority Report when they see stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I think it's going to be a very familiar movie in that concept because so many people have copied it since then. But I definitely mm -hmm. think that was the first time I had seen something like that yeah. in the previews. Like, it's a it's a screen that doesn't exist. You're just using your hands yeah. and, like, maybe some gloves. I don't really know. And in reality, <laughs> this stuff in 2021... It does exist in some forms. Yeah. Like, there is tracking of people's hands, and they, I mean, was it on, on the, um, there was a, a peripheral that came out for the Xbox in, like, 2009, 2010, called the Connect. Mm -hmm. that there's a, there's a, a, a stereo cameras looking at a human body, and they can track your arms and your, your hands and your, your entire body, basically, and it interprets those movements that you make and it puts it into a video game or yeah. a piece of software of some kind. Motion capture. Yeah, and it's it's gotten much better since then. It's not all the way to minority report levels, but no. we're damn close. I, I think this will be interesting to see what the quality of the computer animation in this film will be. Yes. 20 years on, nearly right. 20 years on. And is it going to hold up? Is it going to look terrible? So, yeah, if, if you're following along with us, we just watched Avatar for the first time. Yep. I, I watched it for the first time. And that holds up. For the most uh, part. For the most part, this many years later. And this is 2002. This is almost another decade prior to this. Um, I, I don't really expect to see a lot of CG, mm -hmm. except for the interfaces the the things that it's meant uh, known for yeah one thing i know will shock me in this movie is the other actors in it tom cruise is the only person i know is in this movie i don't have a clue anybody else who's in and, this and i don't I, know the yeah. villains i don't know the heroes i got and nothing based on what i know about tom cruise and the movies that he makes that might be by design yeah. Like he maybe he doesn't want or the studios don't want any other actors like named actors in movies like this where he is the the vehicle. Mm -hmm. Well, all of the Mission Impossible films, which we'll get to eventually. Yeah. Like there are very few of them where there are other people on the cover yeah. art in the poster. Oh, art. hell no. There's no. a ton of people in those movies. Yeah. A ton of people. And a lot of people who have since become famous. Yes. Simon Pegg. Yeah. I mean, Ving Rhames. Mm -hmm. Was was he a name before the first Mission Impossible? Probably. That and Pulp Fiction were not. the only two things I think he was known for in the 90s. And those were about a year or two apart. Yeah. So, yeah, I probably. Yeah. But this one, I don't know anybody. No. Tom I, Cruise. Tom Cruise. I, I, I'm very interested to see who else we, we recognize. You you recognize at least. I will absolutely know, like, five to six other people in this movie just because that's who I am. And right. I know people from this era. And there will probably be somebody as the villain who was really famous around <laughs> 2000, 2001, and they were trying to make them a thing yeah. who I haven't seen in 20 years. <laughs> foreshadowing guys <laughs> that's what i think so i really don't know much about this movie it's one that we have had available to us for many mm. many moons now yeah i've and had this movie forever and I, I for some reason i just never turned it on yeah so we're gonna change that right now we're gonna go watch 
Minority Report, and then we will be right back. Future crime. Future crime. See ya. So we just finished Minority Report. Uh-huh. You have a funny look on your face, so I think you have a lot of thoughts and feelings about this movie, and I don't know what they are. So why don't you share some? Man, that movie was a convoluted mess. You think so? I got it. I followed it. Mm-hmm. But if for any if for anybody not paying attention... Man. Oh, yeah. If you spaced out at all, you were going to miss something. And I think that's just the trouble with sci-fi is because it's something that doesn't really exist, you have to explain a lot. There's a lot of exposition. In any movie where you have to set up an entire universe, Mm -hmm. like this is the U.S. in the future, but you have to establish what everything is. Right. And why everything is. Mm Mm-hmm. I honestly do not know where to begin. As far as, like, did I like it? It was all right. Just as my first initial reaction to watching that, I just coming off of just watching the ending of it, it was a little bit too tidy. Yeah. It, got, it just kind of ended. It did. It, the ending is just kind of like, and it's over! Yeah, and it's kind of unearned. Uh-huh. So, okay... I thought, overall, it was pretty good. I don't think it was a perfect movie. Like, there were some lags in the middle. But then there were some times where I was, like, it was very intense. And I think that's to Steven Spielberg's credit, which I forgot this was a Steven Spielberg movie. So I think the strengths that it does have are credit to him and to his go-to composer, who is John Williams. John Williams. Yeah. Um, I think there was some problems with it. I don't think it was overall a bad movie. By the end, I kind of was getting into it and kind of stopped taking notes. And I think it was just because they were yeah. building the suspense. Yeah, I, I, I did the same. I stopped taking notes um, near, like, the last quarter of the movie. But I don't know. The, 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 the tone. Yeah was kind of up and down. Yeah. Like, there were some parts that were comical. So, okay, I did write something about that. So, the part where I realized that this was John Williams composing was the first, like, big action sequence they have when they were chasing him down the alley. And it started, like, the practical effects. Like, they have a lot of computer animation, yes, but then they had some stunts that were with practical effects. Mm. And these officers with jetpacks are just sort of awkwardly flying in the air. They're really bad at that. And it kind of ruined... It didn't go with the tone of the movie. No. Because where that works in Indiana Jones, it really didn't work in this movie. Okay. So, Indiana Jones 
is comical because he's a little bit of a guy. He's a little bit of a buffoon. He gets himself into these situations and he's just sort of working his way out of it. This character, Tom Cruise's character, is like too put together, too cool. And then to have him in these like weird, like awkward fights where there's like comical music and his eyeball this... is rolling down the stairs oh. or, or down the hallway. Yeah. It just took you completely out of the movie. Because yeah. it didn't fit. The scene right, the scene you were talking about right before that, where they were in the in, alley? On, on the jetpacks, they're yeah. in the alleyway, and they go, they go up these stairs into these apartment complexes, and there's these this this slapstick yeah. scene of the people in the kitchen and the the. There's an the, old man just sitting there minding his own business, and he doesn't react. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a woman in a kitchen with hamburgers on the grill and the flames from the from the jetpacks cause everything to catch on fire all the hamburgers to catch on fire yeah is, is that supposed to be funny the moments where I, they were trying to inject humor yeah didn't make any did not sense fit at all no like you could I think if they were to do like a 20th anniversary version of this, I would cut that completely. Like yeah. cut the humor you don't or change need, the music. You don't need levity in this kind of a movie. No. Whatsoever. I mean, I don't think there's there's any need for comic relief. No. And I know this is like a pretty dark movie at times. It's pretty creepy. Yeah. It's a pretty dark movie. It's pretty creepy. Like the precogs at the beginning, they're, they're eerie. And creepy that whole and thing. muttering like yeah. the murder. The... Yeah, that whole thing is creepy as hell. Yeah. So that's the tone of this movie that I was expecting. And there were definitely more of the movie is like that than yeah. not. And I wish they had had the strength to just take that and run with it the whole movie. It's a movie about stopping murders. Yeah. Of course it's dark. I don't need the levity. The levity just really took me out of it. In that same vein, I don't think they needed to... Like, this movie was two and a half hours long. They could have you cut could have cut. You could have cut a lot of the explanations of what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I understand that you gotta, you gotta explain things to the audience, but yep. there are better ways than just, okay, guys, here's what's going on. Here's where this, this, these, uh, these precocks came from. This is this and this is that. Let me figure it out, man. Right. Don't don't just put it right in front of me. And some of it was a little too... Again, it was that thing where I looked away for like a second, and then they're giving me more explanation. So he goes to the woman's house who, quote, invented the precogs. Yeah. I looked away for a second. I was like, where is he? Who is this woman? Right. Why is he here? Right. How did he know to get there? She's Mrs. Exposition. Did did I miss something? Did yeah. you catch something that I didn't see? Or no. did he just know where to go? No, he just knew where to go. Of course he did. Because, you know, and why then, not? And she has this weird plant security that... Plant security. ...apparently scratched him and infected him with something, but she... Poison, grabby vines. Yeah, she she just happens to, to know what the antidote is because she doesn't want to have this person killed and she seems to know a lot more than he does and the audience does yeah how the hell did she get her information about everything well it's because of who she is like who is she so were you paying attention to this well she she's (laughs) she's the person who started this whole agency she was some no 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 so she's some kind of a doctor some kind of a doctor a chemist i don't exactly understand and she was explaining it 
she was trying to cure people with brain damage. They had yeah. some sort of severe brain damage. Yeah. And this is who these kids are that became the precogs. Yeah. She was the scientist mm -hmm. that basically gave them their gift. Yeah. And the majority of them died, but these kids survived. Mm -hmm. So she figured out by observation, as a scientist would, that what they were seeing is murders and that they were real. And then... And they Somebody else yet. kind of took that information and moved it. But she sort of figured out the science behind it. So she knows it because she knows the science. She created the science. Right. So um, all of these these logs of the videos, uh, of the memories, of the visions. Yes, I get that. Yeah. But how did she know all of the things about him going Pro in? Probably because he was at the agency and he's like the high one of the highest guys at the agency sure. he's good at his job he's probably well known as an agent right um but there she's were, not stupid <laughs> yeah there were specific things that she mentioned in that scene with him like what i i cannot i'm sorry i cannot remember exactly what it was but it seemed to me she knew he was on the run which was public it was everywhere so that's everywhere. easy to know yeah completely everywhere she can probably assume some things about why he's there, but I, I I'm sorry, I, I I don't remember what what exactly it was that she knew. I would have to watch that scene again. But yeah, it was kind again, of it was it was so it was much weird, so much exposition in the middle of the movie. Right? Why is this this lady from from Twister so, telling me all sorts of things? Aunt May from Twister. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you go, hey! And then, of course, she's the aunt from True Blood, too. <laughs> yes. The... Grandma. Is she the grandma? She's grandma. I thought she was her aunt. No. Eh, we haven't watched True Blood in a long time. She's only in the first season. Maybe she is in it. I don't remember. Point being. She's, she's always an old lady. Those are the two things. We I, one of the things I wrote down was, I just want a super cut of old women being, like, creepy in movies. She's just sort of crazy in this. Yeah. She's not crazy, but she's also, talking crazy. What's the deal with people just trying to get on Tom Cruise in this oh, yeah, movie? Oh, yeah, she just kisses him. She just kisses the dude, and when he's in the quote-unquote doctor's office, the assistant just grabs his ass. Yep. Okay, I get, again, more levity. You're, you're, so, you're so politely referring to that as the doctor's office. Yeah, quote-unquote, I said. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But yeah, there. I get what you're saying. Like it, she just. I literally looked away for a second, and he was there. And it's like, yeah. How did you get there? Yeah. Who is this woman? I don't what, understand. And and what was the point of him even being poisoned? If if he's just going to be cured More immediately? Levity. More levity. More levity. It didn't need to be there. I don't know why it's and there. I, and I really don't know if this is just Philip K. Dick being weird. Because I, I, I think man. I, I, I've, I've probably seen more than just this other one movie. But the one movie I can think of is A Scanner Darkly. Mm -hmm. I Am I, Legend is another one of his. Is that, is that one? Okay. Um, yeah. Now, I Am Legend is weird. Oh, and weird. The Adjustment Bureau. I was looking this up earlier. Okay, fine. Yeah. None of those other movies are weird except for A Scanner Darkly. That's Scanner really Darkly weird. is fucking weird. I couldn't even finish it. I tried, yeah. guys. Trent made me sit down and watch that when we started dating, and I literally was falling asleep. It, it's so strange. It's so and strange. confusing. It's a yeah. drug trip. I, it's I a, had to watch it probably two or three times before I really, really understood what it was. And I just... This movie reminds me of that Yeah. in, in a lot of different ways. For all the things that they did explain, they did not explain a few things. 
like the drugs, you know, the, oh, he's the just future, using drugs, the future drugs, neuro, neuro, neuroin. It was like ne- heroin, yeah. but not neuroin. Yeah. Neuroin. 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 <laughs> what? And they, they said one thing at the beginning nope. saying it'll help you feel clear or feel. He just needs to feel clear, man. Something like that. Just need to get some clarity, he uh, said. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And and they sort of gloss over the fact he's a drug addict. Yeah. They, they never explain what this stuff does. No. It chills um, them out. Sure. Most, most drugs do. Mm-hmm. They never explain the halo thing. That the cops use? It's how they captured them, basically, yeah. and it immobilizes them. It's, it's like a it's like a lobotomy. Yeah. But it's not physical. It's just uh, it's elect- an, an, electro- off. an electronic lobotomy. Yeah. Is how I would explain that. Electronobotomy. <laughs> Damn it, they should have had that. Um, to coin a word. Yeah. All right, well, I'm going to jump back to the beginning for a hot minute because we could could jump all over the place. Yeah. So the thing I said in the intro, because I said I didn't know people were going to be in this movie. (laughs) And then I said something about they get some young up-and-comer who we probably never heard of again. I wasn't wrong. Yeah. Except that it was Colin Farrell, who we've definitely heard of. Right. So. But did we hear of him in 2002? This is when he was up and coming. Right. Yeah. We hadn't heard about, about him yet. Uh, you know, I bet if I go and look it up, he had maybe had one thing that we kind of knew him from. But this was very much the beginning of yeah. Colin Yeah, when did Farrell. they make The Recruit? Um, I thought that was like 2000. I think that's like 2004. Okay, so after this one. Uh, it's that one and Phone Booth. Yeah. Or like 2005, 2004 So yeah, this is definitely very early yeah. in people being aware of who Colin Farrell was. And let me tell you, we we talked at length about this in the last couple of podcasts about uh, British actors in particular and Australian actors Uh and accents. Colin Farrell is really good at an American accent for being Irish. One one slip. I did entire movie. Now, did you notice at the beginning of the movie he said something about his dad was killed on the steps of the church? And I'm pretty sure he said in Dublin. Yeah, yeah. Did he he specifically put that line in there just in case his accent slipped? Hmm. I don't know. mm. I don't know because I haven't read this book. I don't know the source material, so I don't know if that was something that is actually a part of the character. Something he just threw in there, or something he threw in there. Yeah. But yeah. There was like one little moment. Yeah, I can't even remember exactly what it was, but mm-hmm. I I, I, rec- I remember seeing or hearing one slip, and that was it. But o- yeah. otherwise, yeah, he has a fantastic uh, American accent in everything that I've, that I've seen him in. Yep. And this being so early in his career, he's got it. Can I just say I actually really like Colin Farrell. I do too. I think he is. Probably one of the more underrated actors. Mm-hmm. I don't think he always makes good movies. I yeah, think he makes weird choices. He sometimes. makes weird choices sometimes. But then he goes out completely left field, like in horrible bosses. He is hysterical. <laughs> Colin Farrell has the capacity to be really, really funny. Yeah. But he's also really, really like dark. One of the movies we haven't watched yet is In Bruges. Mm-hmm. And you haven't seen that? He plays a hitman, but it's a comedy. <laughs> and it's dark and weird. And he has like every range of emotion in that movie. Um, 
But yeah, I really like Colin Farrell. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll be interested to see him in that new Batman movie yeah. because he's the Penguin yeah. and I didn't even recognize him in yeah. the trailer. <laughs> to give some praise to Colin Farrell for like two minutes. I could, prob- two minutes I could okay. probably talk about Colin Farrell for a while yes. in this movie. <laughs> all right, um, back to this movie. Back to this movie, um, Minority Report. So, okay, just some premise things at the very beginning, setting up the world. Yeah. First of all, there would be no national if, if unless they amended the U.S. Constitution. Uh-huh. If we can get all all civicsy and government, <laughs> uh, go, uh, AP government on yes, you, uh, there would be no national initiative to vote on. To get that's expand not, this program. That's not how laws work, guys. <laughs> The Congress would need to approve the law, and the president would have to sign it into law. Oh yeah. Yeah, because they're they're oh, adver- yeah? they're making all these advertisements saying vote for the the With new the initi- movie voice guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> vote for the new initiative. Vote for the new initiative. To 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 expand it to be national. Yeah. Because it's just in D.C. Yeah. Now that portion of it is believable. Yeah, you start locally. If well, it's a no, program that's successful. Well, it's D.C. Yeah. D.C. Oh, is guess. controlled by... The government. The, the the federal government. The gummy mint. So if there's anything that they want to test run, they talked about this in House of Cards, if you remember, if you've seen this wonderful, wonderful show. For the first couple seasons. For the first few <laughs> seasons. God damn you, Kevin Spacey. Why did you have to become a creep? Yeah, so they, they talk about it in... In House of Cards, the president has this jobs program. He can't get it approved in, in the Congress, so he's going to implement it by by reappropriating funds from FEMA mm-hmm. to set up this program. That's probably what they did here. They're just trying it on a on a on a district level, mm-hmm. and if it's successful, they're going to try to convince the American people. In this in this case, the American people have no say in that. But that's a digression. <laughs> Uh, me being a, a dude who follows politics and government, that bothered me. Mm-hmm. Talking about the um, the technology, yeah, of the time, I thought was pretty cool. So like they so kind of show. Sorry, it do you mean the the technology as it exists in the movie, or the, the way they implement it? The technology with... it, that exists in the world. Okay. So like an example of this, he goes home. Yeah. Goes back to his apartment, and he speaks. To his house. He says, I'm home. I'm home. Uh, overhead light. Uh, turn on the, the, the wall screen. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Flying car. <laughs> home automation yeah. is is a real thing now. There, there were a few moments in this movie where I thought about that. Like, there's the scene after he, he finds out that he's supposedly going to commit this crime. Yep. And he's on the run. And they're scanning his eyes everywhere he goes. And they're like... Oh hi! The ads are all speaking to him. That part I I freaked that I freaked out about because that is something that I I saw and, and for video game people you're gonna be with me here in uh, the Mass Effect series. Okay. Uh, Shepard, the main character, the dude yeah. you play, go, goes into or lady a, or, or or lady. Thank you, <laughs> uh, femship. Um, <laughs> Your 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 person goes into a coma and gets reanimated into whatever years and years later. So when you wake up, you go into town basically, and they have those kinds of ads saying, 
oh, Commander Shepard, it's been this many years and months and days since your last checkup. Mm-hmm. You should you should come in for a th- you should come in for a checkup. Or it like gives you personalized advertisements directed to you. Yeah. It's not so literal as that. Like we haven't gotten that place in the technology, but this definitely exists. Like just stuff following you all around the internet and right. recommending things you'll like. Cookies. 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 Yeah, you're not walking around the mall and have having billboards talk at you. No. They don't in, know who you are. But in two thousand two, yeah. you didn't have stuff following you all around the internet. Not people as much. People didn't advertise on the internet in two thousand two. Well they did, but the, not very to, small. Not to, to the extent that they do. They don't have nearly the amount of information about you nope. that they did. No. Facebook was not a thing. I had a Hotmail account. Yeah. And I think that was about all I did on the internet. <laughs> so back then, AOL. They, they still tra- they, the cookies still tracked you, mm-hmm. but it's just based on your your history in your browser. This this technology has like your like probably your bank account information. It has um, yeah, it even showed that. Yeah, this John guy was a member since this year. Yeah, they had had your your history, but that was a really cool thing. And I, maybe it was Philip K. Dick who came up with that whole concept because yeah. that's way ahead of the times. Yeah, um, but of course, it's also a convenient way for this movie to put some product placement. <laughs> Oh my god, there was so much product placement. And it was like luxury brands too when he yeah. was running through that it's like Lexus and what is the Bull Bulgar Bul, I can't think of it. Bugatti? No, it was like a perfume Bul, or a oh god, designer brand. I'll look it up later too, but I've heard of it. I not I am not up on the brands. I don't spend all my money on stuff. Yeah, they had they had all sorts of different uh product placement and and luxury brands like Lexus Um, Was the car a Lexus? Yes. So, uh, I initially thought that the pods, like the the transportation pods, those were branded as Lexus. No. Lexus was still making cars. Yeah. Like cars with four wheels. The red one that he's in? Yeah. That's a Lexus? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense So, when when he's like having his stupid fist fight Mm -hmm. with Colin Farrell. You just, let's have a fist fight in a factory. So cheesy. I don't know how else to how to describe that. It was unnecessary. It was weird. Yeah. Okay, fine. You want to have a fight? Have a fight. Let's have a fight. <laughs> but like the like the crane going around that had a big Lexus logo on it. Mm-hmm. And by the time he he the, the car was completed, he wakes up inside the Lexus. So this thought just occurred to me. Uh huh. And only because you just were watching it. So you were watching Attack of the Clones the other day. I was. And there's the sequence uh-huh. in the factory uh-huh. where they're chopping and stuff. Uh-huh. That movie came out the same year as this one. Yeah. So anybody going to movies a lot in Spielberg and Lucas are friends, by the way. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That would have been a weird thing maybe to see, Spielberg, kind of a similar thing. Maybe Spielberg was on set for Star Wars or vice versa. And they just stole it from each other. I'm going to go with Lucas stole it just because Spielberg is a superior director and we all know it. He can be, yes. He can be. He is. George Lucas has like four movies and most are not very good. (laughs) It's true. Sorry. Um, Sorry, Lucas fans. No, I'm also not going to explain why I was watching the clone or uh, uh, the attack the clones. Because you're an adult and you can live your life the way you want. (laughs) It's true. It's true. It's not that bad. 
No. Um, okay, I'll touch on a couple other things uh, about, like, casting, um, talking about people who the director is, like, friends with, etc. Um, I was scrolling through IMDb to see the names of people because I hate when I see somebody's face and I'm like, what is their name? What is their name? So like Tim Blake Nelson showed up and, you know, we know him from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yep. I was like, what's his name? It's ta ta ta. I will never remember his name. I will pr- I just no. always know he's, was it, um, ever, you know, ever it is. Uh, uh e- Anus? Enus? I, I don't know. Anus? <laughs> I don't know what his name was. He's in No Brother Where Art Thou. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he showed up in this movie. Uh, one of the other cops on Tom Cruise's team, so at the beginning of the movie when he was getting in uh, to go to that first crime scene, and there was that blonde woman who's like, you know, how long do you get until you get there? Six minutes, the way I drive. Yeah. That is Steven Spielberg's stepdaughter. That is Kate Capshaw's daughter. Okay. Random little nugget. And then later, near the what I thought was near the end of the movie, what, what apparently God, was still was only two thirds through the movie, when they checked into the hotel. Yeah, you you uh, made a sound I in your chair. I recognize the dude's face. Yeah, I don't know where I know him from. Okay, so the thing I'd have to look it up to see where you would know him from. Most people know him from Lost because he had a, he was a character in the first season of Lost. That is Tom Cruise's first cousin. Okay. And it's a weird thing to find this out because they don't look alike, but they kind of, like, when you know this, you go, God, I feel like I've heard a story about this before. It's probably because I've told you this. But yeah, he was on Lost, and he is creepy as hell on Lost. He's, like, kidnapping people in the woods. Like, it's freaky. I'll have to look him up after (laughs) this because... I, I, yeah, I feel like I've seen him in something. You've, I know I recognize his face. You have absolutely seen him in something. Yeah. Um, I rec- I'm, I could see him in glasses. Probably some other, like, was he in the Adjustment Bureau? I, I, I don't know. I can't even picture his face right now. No, I just thought it was funny. Just like, here, let's shove our family members in this movie. Here's my stepdaughter. Here's your cousin. Yeah. No big deal. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, Max von Sydow. Yeah. Did you reckon? Did you place him? Oh sure. Yeah. So Game of Thrones is yep. the thing most people probably know him from, mm-hmm. but he was also in um, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. He was nominated for Best Supporting Actor, and I don't think he had any lines, or he had very few lines <laughs> in that entire movie. Supporting actor is uh, is uh, kind of a stretch some years. Yeah. Well. He was good in it. It's harder to act when you can't say anything. Like in this movie, Samantha Morton, Agatha, yeah. half the time she's just sort of muttering and like convulsing. Like yeah. that's that's a hard role. Yeah. Screaming. Yeah. She she was acting. Like if anybody in this movie was acting, it was her. Totally. And she made me uncomfortable many times <laughs> yeah. um, from, you know, like g- leaping out and grabbing him in the water at the beginning. And that was the one like jump scare yeah. of the entire movie. Yes. Yes. Because like, you know, you expect all these people to be sedated and just, um, just in their mellow. pools. And okay. There's a lot of things that make me uncomfortable about this movie. Okay. About how, how, like, these people in the pools are people. Yeah. They're humans. Yes. We got Tom Cruise uh, near in, in the second half of the movie 
kidnapping her, dragging her around, and like getting on top of her and yelling. I I, I don't know. It just made me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, for him doing that. Well, and she's she's just sort of treated as kind of a piece of meat. Like they literally say, it's better if you don't think of them as human. Yeah. They, there's a line that, and that guy is creepy. The dude who's like the caretaker uh-huh. brushing her teeth uh-huh. and he's like touching her nose with his nose. I, I like near the end, um, there was a scene where again, he was on top of, on top of her and I have expected him to lean over and kiss her. Yeah. It was creepy. The caretaker guy. Yes. yes. That, he was definitely creepy. Ugh. Yeah. It was, it was weird. Uh, I've got one note here that is just two words with two exclamation points. Puke stick. Six stick. Six it, stick? They literally called it a six stick. What? Yeah, that's why he's like, get your six stick out. Okay, I didn't I get that line. The first time he said it, I thought he said six, like the yeah. number six. Yeah. No, I heard him say it later. Sick stick. And that is why when he got jabbed in the throat, he puked. They literally called it a sick stick because it makes you puke. That's so dumb. It's so dumb. I didn't catch it the first time, but the second time I was like, that feels Aw, like, man. That feels like something that Spielberg or whoever the screenwriter was wanted to just pluck something out of the Philip K. Dick uh, short story. It wasn't yeah. even a novel. This was a short story. Mm-hmm. Something that was plucked out of that and thrown in the movie because they thought it was funny. I guess. Again, trying to just inject some humor. And that was where, that was the scene. Yeah, that was that scene. The beginning of the scene where it started getting weird. And yeah, even the music, like John Williams is like scoring this kind of humorous music to go with it. It was just, it was weird. It was very strange. Now, staying with it, there was one scene that I actually enjoyed for its levity. Okay. That was the scene with Peter Stormare. I was trying to think of his name and I knew you I'm knew always, his name. Of, of all the people, all the actors that Betsy knows, I somehow know the name Peter Stormare. I can always remember him because he is so uh, iconic in everything that he is in. And for those of you who, like me, can never remember his name, you absolutely know him. He is the wacky Russian dude who shows up in half the stuff you've ever seen. Yeah. He was in Armageddon. Yeah. He was in he's the Jurassic Park. Yeah, he's the uh, cosmonaut the Jurassic, in uh, Armageddon. Uh, what's the, uh, the Lost World, Jurassic Park, The Lost World. Okay. He's in that one. Yep. Uh, what else is he in? So many things. He, he is one of those character actors who you have seen in so many different things. He's always the crazy Russian, like Betsy said. And uh, he's just amazing in everything he's in. I love him. I he's love Peter Stormare. He's in one scene in this movie, and what does he do? He's a wacky, former plastic surgeon who liked to set his patients on fire. And in prison, he learned how to better himself. And now he's an eye replacement surgeon. Because, of course... <laughs> Don't scratch. Yeah. Leave this on there, you go blind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then his assistant with the giant mole and there's hairs growing. Like, what? It was just weird. It's, it's a little much. That whole section, that was what really slowed the pacing down for yeah. me. Like, it went Which on I, too long. I, I appreciated some of that. It also fleshed out the world with the spiders. Yeah. So it, Like, it gives you a sense of this police state that they're right. in. Right, and the, the world that these people live in, 
uh, they just expect these little tiny robots to come into your house unannounced and just scan your eyeball to make sure that you are who you say you are. The couple screaming at each other. They're literally having a fight and they stop. Let the things crawl up them. And then they scan and then they resume. And then they resume their fighting. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. The, the pacing there was a little bit weird for me. I just think it went on maybe a little bit too long. And like all the stuff with the food, you know, I have, I have like the most sensitive, like gag reflex watching these movies. Him going to the fridge and uh, grabbing the rancid sandwich and grabbing the rancid milk. And just by chance. stuff out of the like hazardous, the hazardous stuff. Uh, just. Okay, you had a problem with that. I had a problem with the eye stuff. I can't do eye stuff. Oh, when he like pulls it open. Pulls his eyelid open. And I, I even told told Betsy during the movie. It's like, nope, I'm not looking at this. I can't do eye stuff. And it really wasn't even that much. They they show it. Yep. Pulling his eye open. Yep. And then that's it. Yep. And the, you know, and the rest of the movie. brown mo- contacts the rest of the movie. Yeah. And the rest of the movie, he's carrying around a bag of eyes. Oh, uh, yeah. I just want to keep those. I might need them later. He'll probably want to put those uh, original ones back in uh, well, when he's he, done. He kind of lost one, so he can't. Hell yeah. <laughs> he can't. Again, and then, yeah, they made, was... like, weird humor about it. Like, the the eyeballs, fall, he can't get them out of the bag, and they roll down the ramp and go into the oh, sewer. Oh, no, I can't go. No. And he catches uh. one by the retina. And then, at the end of the movie... You're not authorized to be in here. And the wife shoves a bag on the organ. Like, it, why? Why? Okay. Tonally, so, it didn't fit anywhere in they the movie. D- they ne- so, speaking of the tone, I wish they would have gone either direction more. I wanted it either to more be completely serious or, yeah. or more camp. Yeah. If it was all camp, I'd be right on. I'd be right on board. If it was all serious, I'd be more on board mm-hmm. because this is a serious kind of a movie. Yeah. Uh, and and it it deals with some serious things, you know, police states and fascism and crimes of passion. Yeah. And his child imprisonment. His for... child. His child is kidnapped yeah. and is gone, and they yeah. don't have a resolution to that. Yeah. Um, and you're also uh, locked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, how is this in any way legal, whether it's DC or not? Yeah. How are you put in prison, or for something you what, didn't whatever do. prison, whatever kind of explanation you want to give to where these people are kept? Yeah, and they touch on that too. It's like, why did you catch the ball? Well, because it was gonna fall. Well, how do you know it was gonna fall? Yeah. You stopped it. It didn't yeah. fall. Like they don't really explain. Uh, uh, they don't really explore that concept. Yeah. Hardly at all. And I think it's you know the. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's just it's one of those things where it's like it's not that kind of a movie. Shut up. <laughs> like, but it is. But it isn't. And, yeah. It's uh, the future. Go with it. Right. And that's um, that's about the only thing you can throw at it. Yeah. Saying, Oh, that's just the future. People are used to it. It's fine. Okay, so I want to Brush talk about, off. like, character, plot point kind of thing. Tom Cruise's character, if this was any other movie, he's basically, at its on, in its bones, he is a detective with a dark, a dark past. Yep. Okay? That's pretty, you know, cliche sort of a thing. The place where I found myself actually getting more into it 
was when he finally confronts the guy in the hotel room and it's revealed, oh, okay, this guy killed his son. I've been set up. I've been set up. But, well, first it says, you know, this is the guy who killed yeah, his son. Right, right, right. And he chooses to not act. Right. He doesn't take vengeance. He restrains himself. At that point, the movie could have been completely different after yes. that. Yes. So that was where you know, it started turning into a bunch of twists. Yeah. So first it's like, oh, well, no, it's not, it's not what you think. I won't get paid if you don't kill me. He said, you, you'll, you have to kill me. Yeah. And he was confused. My family, my family, I, my family doesn't get anything if I, yeah. Right. But then it goes to the scene with Colin Farrell. All of a sudden, Colin Farrell's like a good guy. Yeah. He's like, we got the wrong guy. Because... It didn't go down the way the precogs said it was going to because the timer ran out. Yep. Term, the, what does it say on the watch? Like termination. Termination. Of, of, Time of termination. Right, or whatever it is. It didn't go down exactly how they said it was going to. And at that point, you have your reasonable dot right there. Yep. He didn't go through with it. Yeah. But that was where I actually was getting kind of into the movie. Like, yeah. So Max Lanceto, I, I, you know, I'm sitting here kind of running through my thoughts like what's going to happen in this movie and I figured like in these kinds of movies it's that guy or it's this guy you mm-hmm. can usually kind of piece together yeah and, and my initial reaction was oh it's Colin Farrell exactly he's the guy exactly but he's... then we started to look to, to have more revelations and whatnot yeah. and you find out oh actually it's the head of the agency yeah he's been the antagonist this whole time and yeah. then all of a sudden he's like, oh, no, we have the wrong guy. Yeah. And he gets shot. And I was, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, we're going down that road. Um, and then from there to the end of the movie, I was pretty much on board. Like, if the rest of the movie, and I think, again, this is a credit to the the direction and the pacing. I think the the last, like, 20 minutes or so is the strongest in the movie. Except for the very, very end. Like the closure. They didn't stick the landing on the closure of it. Mm -hmm. But that 20 minute sequence I felt like was the strongest in the movie. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I I kind of expected, so talking about the end of the movie, when it is revealed to everyone and he is given this pistol, revolver or whatever, as a gift. And the the scene, the murder scene is showing to all the people in, in the gala. And he goes back into the kitchen. I thought he was going to kill himself there. Yeah. But it goes through the rest of these sequences that the precogs knew was going to happen. That he's going to go meet him on the balcony and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, it it just didn't seem like a believable thing that a person would do. Why would you go and confront the man it's again like trying to justify the existence of this agency. If you kill me, yeah, it proves that this works. Mm-hmm. If you don't kill me, you don't get your agency. Yeah. So he kills himself instead. Right. Like, and, just, and, and all no of a sudden time, remorse. And all no, of a sudden. <laughs> and at no time do you have a character like railing against this agency. No. Colin Farrell kind of does in the beginning. To a point, he's, he's but he also does it, yeah. He also does things by the book, uh, the old-fashioned way. Mm-hmm. You know, he's from he. What? What? Is, well, I don't even know what he, what he is. He says he works for the attorney general. Yeah. So he's like the, I don't know, the guy 
What do you, what do you call the guy <laughs> below the attorney? <laughs> Mr. He's... Junior... No, Junior the, Assistant Attorney General. <laughs> he's the deputy. The deputy, yes. He is a deputy of some kind. Yeah. Um, but um, th- that was the only problem I had with the with the ending scenes. Uh, besides the end. Yeah. You know, they show up. They, they show Tom Cruise and his estranged wife coming back together and she's suddenly pregnant. They're just going to let bygones be bygones they're gonna have another kid and everything's gonna be fine obviously come on that's that's too tidy that's way too tidy things are more complicated than that steven spielberg you know i really hope the next one of these movies we watch we actually really like because i think people are gonna start to think after the last movie and this one (laughs) that we just like to shit on movies (laughs) well we We, do like to shit on movies listen we do when it is deserved yeah i don't think this movie was terrible would i watch this again Mm, this might be one that you get, you know, you, if you're scrolling through, you have a tendency to just put things on sometimes. Yeah. Maybe this will be one we just Maybe. put on. And, I don't know. And, and I, I do believe that you like this movie better than I did. Um, I think it had good qualities. I I would give it like a, a C plus, now, B minus. I, I, I will say, <laughs> I would say the reason why this movie really resonated with people was because of the visuals, because of the technology, yep. and Tom um, Cruise doing his own. And stunts. Tom Cruise do, being a Tom, being in a Tom Cruise movie. I wanted him to run full pace. I love watching Tom Cruise because he's so small. Yes. <laughs> he's a small man, yes. and he always runs like with the blade hands, and he runs very very fast. Yeah. He didn't get to do that this movie. But they talked about how fast he was. He's so fast. <laughs> he's so fast. And he likes to hold his breath underwater. Right. Yeah. He's so strong and he's so fast and he's so smart. Yeah. He's uh, Tom Cruise. <laughs> yes. We will definitely get to more movies that, that we both enjoy. I bet th- I could even thoroughly. find uh, uh, some Tom Cruise movies you haven't seen that you'd actually quite like. Yeah. I've got one in my head that I think would be, would be good for this. Hmm. But... That's about all I've got to say about this. Uh, unless, Betsy, you have anything else. No, I think we've overall felt pretty much the same about this. the things we had problems with, we both had problems with. Yeah. I think the the thing that really bothered me was the tone. The tone mm-hmm. and the weird comedy just stuck in there. I feel like if you were going to do like a weird 20th anniversary of this, change that could we just tighten it up a little bit like it was two hours 20 minutes and i don't know that you needed it to be quite that long Mm -hmm. i think there was stuff that could have been cut Mm -hmm. like even the initial scene they're like really building the tension and it's like 20 minutes yeah it felt like 20 minutes anyway the first crime yeah the first murder that they're going to prevent that was intense i like that quite a bit the guy from Ellen is trying to murder his wife. <laughs> I don't know the actor's name. I just no. know that's what he's from. <laughs> yeah, I know him from something too. I don't, I don't remember, remember what. But. Yeah, I can I can see his face and from other things. <laughs> oh no no! I got it. He's in Gone in sixty seconds. He's in Gone in sixty seconds. He's the guy who makes the electronic car fobs, the key fobs. Oh shit! That's yeah. who that is. That's what you know him from. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know his name, but that is absolutely who that is. Yeah. All right. But yeah, he's like just this, this guy, this businessman, and he clearly suspects something is up with his wife. And then, you know, 
they show these really graphic pictures of him, you know, stabbing his wife and drowning her lover. And it's just like, wow, okay, this is a way to start a movie. It's also a way to get the audience on the side of the agency. It's like, true. Well, of course we want to prevent things like this from happening. Yeah. Of course. Look what a monster this man tends to be. And they even say, you know, most of the balls, they're red because it's a crime of passion. Yeah. Versus. Premeditated. Yeah. Versus something that's premeditated. Also, that whole thing of there, somehow they can interpret what these precogs are seeing. And there is a thing that interprets that. And the way they, they, the output of that is these balls of, of, of wood, balls Balls of wood that get the names etched into them after they're painted one of two colors. You know, somebody out there has these prop balls. (laughs) (laughs) What's this? It's from that time I made Minority Report and I shaved little balls and carved names into them. They're not even little. They're like a fist. That was like yeah. almost not a not a baseball size, but pretty no, that's, close that's to it. No, that's more like a pool ball. Yeah, there you go. It was about the size of a pool ball. Yeah. I'll bet they just got some guy who makes pool balls. Probably. Um, one last thing. Uh, so this whole agency is meant to prevent murders. Specifically. Specifically only murders. That's all they got. And they, <laughs> they throw in this line by... The blonde dude with the blue eyes. What yep. the hell is his name? The guy from Angels in the Outfield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I was trying to remember what I knew him from. And other things, but that's the thing. Sure. Um, but they throw in this line saying, well, all the all the other crimes, they don't, they, they pale in comparison to what the, what a murder does to the, the precogs. No, no. What, what it does to like, it was more disruptive to the metaphysical than anything else, than any other, than any other crime. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty bad. It, hey. So what you're saying is it just bothers them more. Right. <laughs> it bothers the precogs. So we should it's not prevent even the precogs. It's, it's just the metaphysical of <laughs> the universe. The universe. Well, yeah. yeah, I did have that thought, too, because it's like in the second scene, he's going in the dark alleyways and buying drugs from an eyeless man. Yeah. So that was fun. Um, it's like, so they don't get drug addiction? Like, they don't they don't get drug dealers? We're right. okay with drug dealers? And then later they explain the thing about murder. I was like, oh, they just don't care about drugs. No, no. <laughs> and they, and like, didn't somebody say, well, why can't you do this about rape? Yeah. Or something to that effect. Yeah. Maybe that was that same scene. It was the same scene. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was. It was. It's. I it's think... justifying all of these 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 hangups to justify the existence of the movie. Mm-hmm. I think that it is possible. Like this is this is the world we live in. We are almost twenty years removed from this movie. Yeah. We talked about it earlier. They tried to make this a TV show. Yeah. It showed up when we were looking up the movie. It. You know. 2015. Yep. So they tried remaking that movie. It is not out of the realm of possibility that they will try to remake this movie again, but like a full movie. Yeah. I think if you looked at this movie and tightened it up and knowing what we all, what we talked about here, like the things that are kind of problematic about it, I think if you could tighten this up, this would be a 
an amazing movie. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think there's a way, if you decided, if Hollywood decided to go way back in time, yeah. all 19 years ago to 2002, to remake a movie, which, let's be honest, they've remade movies in much less time oh, than sure. this. And, and Philip K. Dick is ripe with, um, with, um, um Source material. <laughs> yeah. And... Like I said, I, I've seen, we, we listed a few of them here. They're all different yeah. in their own way. But you could go back and reinterpret this in a much, much better way that sticks to a tone. Can stick the landing. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. The, the, the... I think there's a lot of meat on these bones, yeah. which is why I didn't hate it. And I think I give a lot of credit to to Tom Cruise to committing to it, to Steven Spielberg um, tone, like Samantha Morton is amazing in it. I think John Williams music, other than the goofy scenes we've already addressed yeah, was really effective. And I think Tom Cruise did a, did a good job. Yeah. Like I said, I'm not a huge Tom Cruise guy, but he, he commits to everything that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, he well, wanted to do stunts. He did a, he did some stunts. Look, there's no other actor in Hollywood that is as vocal about doing their own stunts as Tom Cruise is. Yeah. That man flew off of a plane. Yeah. Like he he hung on to an airplane yeah. in one of the Mission Impossible in they Mission put it Impossible on, They movies. put it on the cover. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, give give the man some credit. Like he'll sure. he'll try things like the fight scenes, the action scenes. He commits to it. And it works because you don't have to fake the action as much with a stunt double. Yeah. It had problems. I don't know if I'll watch it again. I didn't hate it. Yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm totally with you. Um, it was fine. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> uh, I, I, again, I'm going to go back to what I said last time. I'm, I'm glad I watched it finally. Mm-hmm. Uh, it puts a lot of context behind the all the pre-crime future. not future crime yes that was one thing we got wrong in the in the beginning was it is called pre-crime not future crime uh that being said we'll uh we'll wrap up here again you can follow us on twitter at never seen it underscore pod or you can email us at never seen it pod at gmail.com next time we uh send one one of these out we're going to continue on with the uh oscar series that's we've been the plan doing. anyway <laughs> um so i think right now we have access to one of them that uh, we haven't covered yet uh freely through uh netflix and the rest as of them free as netflix is as free as netflix is um the rest of them we're going to have to find out how we're going to watch them they're all available digitally for rental uh we're going to try to maybe see if we can get into a theater, possibly, and maybe maybe see. We haven't been to a movie in a theater in some, some time. Uh-huh. So we'll see how that goes. So there you go. Until, uh, until next time. This has been Never Seen It. I'm Trent. I'm Betsy. We'll see you next time. Bye.